Nice to see you on this last day of 2023. Quok says that I'm gonna talk on New Year's resolution. I had, I had a nice uh, sermon prepared uh, on uh, the story of Noah, but um, <laughs> resolutions it is. Uh, it's a time of change, right? It's the end of the year, it's the beginning of a new year. There's always stuff changing, there are always transitions. So turn to the people around you, left, right, forward and back and say to them, you seem different. Just, something's going on with you. Seem... Seem different. All right, so, uh, so let's check in about 2023 and the last day of 2023. The 20, we feel good about 2023? Here, here's my warm-up question, and this is just subjective, something for you to think about and to get the discussion rolling this morning. On a scale of 1 to 10, 2023. It's completely subjective. It's up to you. Your scale, your 2023. On a scale of 1 to 10, you were screaming, so... Oh, okay. You take ratings seriously. All right. This is a this is a teacher. So, uh, so, so the. You need two scales: one for the high highs and one for the low lows. No, this is a warm-up question. You have to think. You have to do some averaging. You have to balance things out. Life is about costs and benefits, people. So, on a scale of one to ten. All right, Vern. What's your answer? Burn says five. All right. <laughs> Who else? What, what, what do you think? Come on. Where are you? 2023. 20, what? Eight? eight? Who said that? Eight. Eight. We have an eight? Eight and a, eight and a half. Because you just won't be pinned down. I like that. Who else? Come on. Seven. Seven is the most common response to all surveys. Did you know that? People like seven. Two? I see a two back there. Two. There's a it's good. At least you know, you know, when somebody says two, they're giving you an honest, they're giving you an honest response. That's interesting. Mike? 3.14. Cause my answer was 3.1415. And like how many decimal places can we take this? It was, uh, it was it was the life of Pi 2023. It was the life of Pi. All right, come on. We've got some more. There's plenty of numbers out there. How many like well above seven? How many like below three? Yeah. How many fives? A few fives. All over the map. Then all over the map. The interesting thing about uh, questions like that, about, uh, uh, about ratings, uh, as Mia pointed out, as Vern pointed out, is that there's just so many ways to go about measuring a year, right? Um, as, a, uh, as a Broadway song once said. Um, and uh, how you metabolize a year, how you, how you look at life, has a lot to do with what you value about life, right? And it has a lot to do with um, the faith with which you approach life and the gratitude with which you approach life. So it actually becomes kind of a complicated question. It's almost like a Rorschach test. 
like a personality test. I don't care what kind of year it is, Sony's answer will always be higher than my answer. <laughs> just like, it's just personality, uh, you know? Uh, if you're really into gratitude, then maybe you're the kind that only measures the good stuff, right? You're, only, you're on the high scale, and you just don't worry about the low scale because that would be ungracious and that would be uh, low faith. If you are, you know, uh, a naturally pessimistic depressive, I won't name names here, but, you know, maybe you take a look at, at the tough stuff and how you got through them, and maybe that's uh, how you got through the tough things. Maybe that's the measure of your success. Or maybe it's just kind of a balance of expectations versus outcomes, right? Your impression of 2023 will be deeply conditioned by what you expected from 2023 on this day last year, right? What, what did you think was going to happen? And then what actually happened? And the difference between the two, whether it be positive or negative, sort of characterizes what you think of the year, right? How many expected 2023 to be a great year? So, you know, we had like six people of faith. That's great. How many, how many approached 2023 with great trepidation? Yeah, there are a lot of uncertainties in the world. It was a really interesting year in terms of how people approached it. Generally, I think a great way to measure a year, to measure the passage of time or the passage of life, has to do with change. I mean, change is a great metric for evaluation. Of course, it could be positive change. It could be negative change. But change happens, you know. Uh, the more things change, the more things stay the same as a frame that we have, or change is the only constant is, uh, is a phrase uh, that we have. The kingdom of God on earth, we are told again and again and again in Scripture, is a growing thing. It's a growing, changing thing. Um, and uh, for those anthropologists out there, Christianity, uh, well, Judeo-Christianity was really the first major faith system on the earth that conceived of life as a line. It had a start and it had an infinite progression. Every other major faith system in the world conceived of life as an endless circle, right? You're just going round and round and round and there are major faith systems today like Hinduism or Buddhism. The whole point is just to escape the circle and to disappear forever. And that's nirvana, or that's, that's the goal, just to stop the cycles, man, just to stop the cycles. And, and you hear that sometimes, particularly when people talk about their years. It's like, I just, uh, just want to stop the, I'll stop the machine, you know, just it's endlessly uh, the same. Uh, but, uh, you know, God started educating people. He said, no, I'm taking you somewhere. I'm taking you through this life. You'll go strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion, Psalm 84. Uh, and then there's an eternal life in which there's a whole different kind of progression. So um, that thinking really characterizes Jesus' teaching. He showed up and he said, all right, the kingdom of heaven is now. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You can reach out and touch it. There is a kingdom of heaven on earth, at least it's beginning, and it's going to be endlessly progressive. It moves forward, it grows, it expands, and it changes. It's like, what is it like? Well, it's like a little mustard seed that once that sucker gets growing, it starts as the smallest seed in all the garden, but it becomes the biggest shrub in all of the garden. It just goes and goes and goes, and it spreads, and if left unchecked, that sucker will take over the whole garden. Not many of you have planted mustard. 
uh, wild mustard. Anybody in the mainland? Just me. Okay. Um, but fields and fields of it, um, it, it can, uh, it's, like, it's like one of our vines, right? It's like uh, uh, a Miley vine or something. Um, it's like a little bit of yeast. That's what they came with heaven. Like just a little pinch of it gets into the dough, and if you just let it go, it will take over the entire batch of dough, take over the entire loaf. A little bit can cause great change in all aspects, he would say. Um, he says, from the time of John the Baptist till the now, the kingdom of heaven has been advancing by force, and it takes a forceful person to lay hold of it, Matthew eleven twelve, 12. Uh, and the... Uh, the other uh, New Testament biblical writers picked up on the theme uh, around New Year's. I always think about the Philippians 3 verse. I uh, have not already obtained this. I have not been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, says Paul, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward, progressive in Christ Jesus. You guys could probably come up with verses like that or teachings like that. The kingdom of heaven is a progressive, changing thing. Um, one of uh, Christian's favorite characterization uh, of uh, the kingdom of heaven on earth, I actually heard it quoted uh, by someone earlier today has to do with a new wine, right? You know that one? That uh, the kingdom of heaven on earth is a new wine, uh, and, it, and it expands, and it ferments, and it undergoes all these chemical changes. I thought I would read uh, that verse and uh, the surrounding verses today as our verse uh, for meditation. So it'll be up here on the big board, or you can join me. I'm going to use the Mark II version. It's just 18 uh, through 22. Matthew, I need to be a mark. There you go. Now, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. So the Pharisees were sort of the old guard in the Jewish religion, and John's disciples were a revival movement uh, that directly preceded the coming of Jesus' ministry. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not. Uh, Pharisees were pretty hardcore. Uh, they used to fast two days a week. They were very religious people. Uh, Pharisees get a lot of bad press, but they were doing the best they could uh, to obey the law. They just had some bad ideas, and they were doing that in order that God would restore the nation of Israel to prominence. Uh, John's disciples uh, were into repentance and reconditioning the people. And they all fasted because that was a, uh, a ritual suggested by God in the Old Testament. The Jews were told to fast one day a year. <laughs> the Pharisees are like, well, if we do twice a week, that will be better. Uh, so that was their attitude. And they were serious about it. And so people were essentially asking Jesus, hey, if you're serious about this God stuff, why aren't you keeping up with the Joneses? Why are not you as religious as the religious experts? And Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? I imagine him pointing at himself when he said that. They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come 
when the bridegroom, pointing to himself, will be taken from them. And on that day, they will fast. Essentially, what he's saying to them metaphorically is, you fast in order to repent and to cleanse yourself and to discipline your flesh. But that's not this time. That's not the season. That's not the year that you're in. The year that you're in is, I'm here, and we're ministering, and we're doing stuff. It's time to be strong. It's time to fuel up. It's time to be in motion. It's time to move forward, uh, not sit down and, and be weak. Now, there'll come seasons in your life where you have to discipline your flesh, but this isn't one of them. Know the time that you're in. Know the occasion. You know, uh, We just had Marathon Sunday in Honolulu. Uh, if you're running the marathon, that is a bad week to fast. Uh, for some of you, um, the marathon itself might just be a bad week. Um, anyway, that's what he's saying. And then he goes on. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into an old old wine skin. If he does, the wine will burst the skin and both the wine and the wine skin will be ruined. No. He pours new wine into new wine skins. And both of these little metaphors, somebody calling to correct my sermon. <clears throat> Live stream. Um, both of these metaphors about the cloth and the wine skin uh, you'd probably be familiar with them if you hang around churches and heard this. Um, it's the same sort of metaphor. If you put new cloth and you patch an old garment and you throw it in the wash, you know, uh, the water will make uh, the new cloth shrink. The old garment, having already shrunk, will not shrink. And so what will happen is that the patch will shrink and just tear out the threads or tear the old cloth. You get the idea, right? Not many of us sew anymore. Uh, but back in the day when you had to patch all your clothes, it's like you have to put old cloths with old cloths or, or new cloth with new cloths, and that's the only way to uh, shrink together. Uh, and the wineskin thing is the same sort of idea. Uh, wineskins uh, were just uh, leather bottles, essentially. And if you put unfermented wine into an old leather skin, a, a leather skin that had already stretched out, already become brittle, and you sealed it up, because that's what you have to do to ferment wine, fermentation is a process that releases gas. And so what would happen is that uh, the wine and its gases would expand, and if the leather was old and already inflexible, it would burst at the seams, and all of the wine would be wasted. So what you do is you put new wineskin in fresh leather, which is not something a vegan is comfortable talking about. <laughs> Uh, but as the wine expands, the new fresh leather has never been stretched before. will stretch with it. It's like a balloon. And uh, uh, if you've ever seen wine fermented this way, it looks like that. It looks like just rows of balloons, leather balloons. Uh, and then when you finally uncap the wine, the gas will be released. And, but there'll be no bursting involved. Do you get the idea? So you have to put new with new and old with old. In other words... Uh, if you're going to navigate life with Jesus, you have to know how to maintain that which is old. And you have to know how to maintain that which is new. Um, Jesus says uh, elsewhere, 
um, that the teachers of uh, the religious teachers, if they enter the kingdom of God, will be like uh, wise men who bring from their storehouse old things as well as new things. You have to figure out what to hold on to, and you have to figure out what to let go of. You have to figure out what to commit to at all costs, and you have to figure out how to change and how to be open and how to learn. Because the kingdom of God is so dynamic, you're constantly updating your life. Because the kingdom of God is eternal, there are things that are constant in your life no matter what. You get the idea? It's always a mix of, uh, of new and old. You pursue change because you're growing, but you also stand strong against change in some respects. Standing strong for principles you believe in will often require you to change because the world will change around you and ask you new questions and put on new pressures. For me, 2021, 2022, 2023 was a lot of this. The world changed at hypersonic speed. Culture was changing at hypersonic speed. And it was telling Christians, you need to give up that old, tired, useless truth. You need to give up that out-of-date value. You need to keep up with the times. And Christians who were like, yeah, 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 you're right, they all died, spiritually speaking. And then Christians who were like, no, this is still eternal truth. And this is still a timeless value. I'm not going to give those things up. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Those Christians lived. We gave at least two sermon series on that uh, in the past year because I've been so concerned about the mass spiritual death uh, that uh, I have observed uh, in the world. But you need to change to pull that off. You need to get smarter, right? You do need to keep up with the times. You need to be agile in order to defend that which you need to defend. And you need to learn new techniques and new skills in order to be progressive and to expand the kingdom of life. Are you feeling it? Are you getting the idea? Um, uh, that's, that's life in the kingdom of heaven, which is a moving thing. The kingdom calls for an understanding of that which is to be preserved at all costs, as well as that which is to be developed in you, perhaps at all costs. The combination is life. It's the mix. It's the fresh water mixing with the salt water. Uh, that's where all the fish hatcheries are. Uh, for instance, one final analogy. Um, let's say, I'm not, you know, I'm not pointing to anybody in particular, but let's say that 2024 really needs to year, be a year in which you get physically fit and drop a few pounds. I'm just like, look straight ahead. Just look straight ahead <laughs> when I say that. Yeah, let's say, let's say that 2024 uh, is going to be a year of fitness for you. Here's what you need to do. Uh, you need to change, right? You need to change your body. You need to change your diet. You need to change your exercise regimen. And the key to changing all of those things will be to establish a routine that you refuse to change. You get it? Right? You have to establish a daily routine that you will preserve at all costs in order that you can change all the things about your life that you need to change. Physically. You get the analogy? Okay, now you can look around and say, hey, he's talking to you. Uh, 
All that uh, is sort of prelude talking about New Year's resolutions, uh, which I do every year. I'm sort of a fanatic about New Year's resolutions uh, because I don't know the word uh, that means you're going to refuse to change something in order to change that which needs to be changed. The word that I think of is, is resolve, right? Is resolve, which shares the same root as solve, you know, to make things right, to make things better, but resolve. It's like you're going to, you're going to do it again. You're going to do it freshly. Uh, in other words, resolve. Uh, it requires resolve, speaks of an ability to make a call and live according to it. Make a decision and live uh, according to it. So New Year's is a great time to do that. In some ways, New Year's is, the, is my favorite holiday of the year, even though it's not a holy day type of holiday but it's like it encourages this thing in life that I think is so incredibly helpful, uh, which is sort of life grading, right? Inventory and like, all right, let's, let's take an honest look at this and let's determine how we're going to grow. Let's determine how to be progressive because that's what kingdom living is and life is short and you don't want to be just stuck uh, forever. And so it just encourages people generally to think about changing their lives and if you're a preacher of the gospel of Jesus, you love that, right? All I want is a world full of people who are serious about changing their lives, right? That's all I want. I want that from veteran Christians because the kingdom is growing and expanding and progressive. But I want that from non-Christians. I want that from non-believers. I want that from non-believers who walk into the church on an off chance that it's true because they know they need change in their lives. I, I, I want that attitude. Uh, above uh, most other attitudes in the world because then, you know, I can speak into it. We can share. We can make a difference for each other. And I love that. Uh, accordingly, we have two big words around Blue Water, and I, measure, I mention these words every New Year's, uh, and the kind of words that I sort of made up, but you understand that the first word is changeful. Changeful. And whatever else you do in 2024, I would encourage you to make it a changeful year. Changeful is defined as full of change. Go ahead and write that down if you were confused by the word. It's not a word that gets used a lot. I just compacted it and I made something uh, powerful out of it. Changeful. You want a changeful life. What does that mean? Well, you want your life to be full of constant change. Why? Because you are a growing plant. Uh, you are progressive. You are expanding. Life is not an endless circle. It is a straight line. You're going somewhere. That means that you should be changing and the scenery around you should be changing, uh, metaphorically speaking, if not literally speaking. And you should be changeful in the sense that you should be changing the lives of people around you because that's kind of the point, right? Love uh, means to have uh, an effect on other people. And so you're just an agent of change. You are yeast. You are salt. You are light. I mean, Jesus had so many metaphors about this. Uh, and so what do you need to do? What do you need to change in your life to be more changeful through your life? That's just a great question to ask. Changefulness. Were you changeful in 2023? Or did you just hunker down and survive, baby? Um, because I think the world was kind of divided into two camps uh, uh, in 2023. Will you be changeful in 2024? Well, of course you will, because I'm preaching a great sermon about it. 
and everybody's going to take it to heart. Changeful. Uh, and, uh, and therefore, we have another uh, great word uh, at Blue Water. The word is choiceful. Choiceful. Uh, choiceful is defined as full of choice. <laughs> full of choice. Uh, and this is the privilege that you have as human beings. And this is certainly the privilege you have as kingdom human beings. The privilege that you have as human beings is that you are not computer programs. Uh, you are not uh, relatively mindless slugs that just move on instinct and stimulus. You get to make choices. You have an extraordinary mind, and you have extraordinary capacities, and you live in an incredibly free country. I mean, you have more choice than 99% of human beings who have ever existed. You have the power of choice about any response you make to anything in life. You can't always choose your circumstances, can you? But you can always choose your attitude. You can always choose at least some of your behaviors. Uh, and and you want to be a choiceful, conscious, aware person so that you can change your life or lives of other people. You want to be changeful. You want to be choiceful. Uh, so go ahead and, and share with your neighbor which one of those words is your favorite. Changeful or choiceful, because I know they're going to be among your favorite words ever. And so I'm encouraging you to make the next uh, 24, 48 hours full of change and full of choice. Because you are going to make some awesome New Year's resolutions. Am I right? That was very lukewarm. You are going to make some profound New Year's resolutions. Am I right? Changeful, changeful, changeful. All right. Uh, so I want to ask you uh, three questions uh, to help you reflect and meditate on uh, the resolutions that you're going to make, the New Year's resolutions uh, for 2024. And it's going to help you think about changefulness. It's going to help you think about what choices you need to be making. It's going to help you think about what new things you have to manifest in your life and also what old established things you just can't let go of no matter what and how you might need to change your lives to honor that which is eternal and important. It's going to be all of those things. They're great questions. Uh, they're so great that we're going to put them up on the big board uh, behind me. Question number one. And, then, and these are just, we're just going to do a, a group meditation and reflection today. Question number one. What's something you must find a way to preserve or maintain in 2024? Just something that, that maybe you know, the world is tugging you to let go of, or relationships are, are, are tugging at you to let go of it, or life circumstances, emotions are tugging at you to let go of something, but you are going to resolve to change anything about your life that you need to change in order that this thing doesn't have to change. Might have to do with schedule, resources, relationships, skills, threats. I don't know. But what's the old garment that you're going to patch appropriately so that you can keep wearing it with pride and appropriateness? Think about it. I will give you 30 seconds to be brilliant. 
You're not going to let it go in 2024. You'll change 10 things to make sure that this thing doesn't have to change. I will not be giving up coffee in 2024. <laughs> I don't know what that prophetic painting means, but I'm pretty sure that's how I'm going to apply it to my life. Erica's got my back. All right, question number two. What's something you plan to change about your life in 2024? Now, this is the classic New Year's resolution question. Uh, something that, that you need to change. You know, and maybe, maybe it's your fitness. Maybe you need to uh, go to the gym and eat more vegetables. Maybe it's um, something about uh, uh, how you conduct yourself with people or what you want to accomplish with people. Uh, could be um, some understanding that you want to develop. So you are going to choicefully find a way to pursue it and to learn and anything, right? So uh, classic. What do you plan to change about your life in 2024? You've got to be changeful, so what choices do you have to be making? There's a lot of note-taking on smartphones, but Mike uses an old-fashioned paper journal, and you're never going to change it. With a fountain pen, no less. That guy is going straight to the third heaven when he died. I'm telling you, that's just, yeah. Write it down. News resolutions. Everybody got something? Uh, if you are stuck, uh, about what you need to change in 2024 and you're married, just ask your spouse. <laughs> um, if you don't have a spouse, uh, there are several uh, that are willing to consult uh, in the congregation. They've got suggestions to spare. So the key uh, to making a good resolution about something that you need to change, oh, I want to change this attitude, I want to change this financial situation, I want to change this fitness situation, is you have to break it down to actual choices, right? You have to take something you want to change and you have to break it down into decisions that you won't budge from, that you won't change. So I'll give you another 30 seconds. Like, well, if I'm going to accomplish this change, I need to make these steps. Uh, and that's actually what you commit to. That's the steps are actually where the resolve happens. So think about the steps. And until you think about them and commit to them, no change will happen in your life. I guarantee that. Every mission needs a method. 
or as we sometimes say in the supernatural ministry teams at Blue Water, every miracle needs a method. Everybody have something? Is this a hard exercise, an easy exercise? On a scale of 1 to 10, how hard is this exercise? Mia? 0.5. It's 0.5 hard. Point 0.5 hard. This is, she's aced this. Uh, she scored, uh, does that mean you scored a 95? Um, <clears throat> all right. If you are stuck and, and this still really isn't shaking out, you're feeling a little queasy about it, um, and... Maybe you haven't come into this Sunday uh, reflecting with God for hours and hours about things that need to change on your life. Here's a question that I always find provocative. Kind of get the ball rolling. Um, and uh, it's, it's something that uh, has been uh, suggested to us through uh, Christian orders through the centuries. I've put it in modern language. Here you go, a provocative question. What's something in your life that you're trying to avoid or not accept? but probably should. It's like, ah, here's a problem. Here's a situation. I just, I'm just not thinking about it. Or here's something that is happening. I don't want to accept it. I'm just in avoidance and denial. What's something you're trying to avoid? Something about your life you're trying to avoid. Some reality that you just don't want to engage. Because wherever you have something like that, you have great opportunity for change and growth. Being a person of truth doesn't just mean believing what the Bible says. It means being really good at seeing the reality around you in the world. Truth will set you free. Reality is a skill that a lot of humans have lost. We are not among those humans. An inconvenient reality that will become a victorious change in 2024. When there's reality that you're refusing to accept, uh, that, that's a clue to an area where resolve might be needed. It's a place for you to accelerate tremendously in 2024. Just get through it. Good? Everybody got it? I love New Year's, and I love New Year's resolutions, and I like to think it's because I love growth so much, you know, and I'm such a forward person, forgetting what is past, I press on toward what is ahead. I press on heavenward uh, toward what Christ Jesus uh, has for me. That's how Paul saw his life, and that guy had to get through a lot. I'll be honest, though, uh, I think an ounce of try is worth a pound of resolve. 
uh, every mission needs a mindset. Excuse me, every mission needs a method, but every method needs a mindset. You know, every, uh, every change needs an attitude uh, that makes it happen and not just a method uh, to make it happen. And uh, the best attitude in all of life is faith. And at Blue Water, we know that faith means trying uh, and whatever change or growth that you have specified for your life in 2024, I guarantee you that it will take a lot of faith, which is to say that it will take a lot of trying. And if you want to be a person of growth, if you want to be an agent of change, if you want to be a kingdom Christian, then more than anything else, you need to become a great trier. You need to just try things until you find what works. The most important word in the English language is try. The most important sentence in the English language is try again. Um, faith means trying. And I would pray that whatever else 2024 is for you, it is a year of tremendous trying. You have identified some things that need to change, and therefore you have identified some things that you will try, and that won't change for you. You will try every day, and that's life. That is life itself. You know the difference between an inanimate object and a living thing? An inanimate object just exists. Every living thing in the world tries to be. It strives, it works, it stretches, it tries. Right? Try is life, and you want more life in your life in 2024. And therefore, you will be an epic trier in, in 2024. That's what I mean by trying beats resolve, because it boils down to trying. Every resolution that you make boils down to whether or not you're going to go from inaction to action in any given day. And that's trying. It's that little initial effort that gets you over the hump so that you can start moving Grace is the main value of trying because sometimes your trying will not work and then you just forgive, forget, and move on. Somebody will oppose you. You forgive and you forget them and you move on. You know, Jesus talked about these things all the time, but faith is what makes growth and growth is what makes the kingdom on earth. It's what makes you agents of change. It's what makes you both changeful and choiceful. Um, and and we need to help each other with this. The one thing I force my Ohana group to do every year is what? New Year's resolutions. We sit in a circle and we all share our New Year's resolutions and you're all required to have some if you attend my group. I make a list and then I check in with people during the year on the list. Have you followed through on this or are you a loser? <laughs> because I'm pastoral and shepherdly in this way. And people have gradually caught the spirit, and they do it to me as well. Uh, I was stuck about what a good resolution would be for 2023, and so my small group voted, and they gave me one uh, and uh, have checked in with me uh, during the year about how I'm doing on it. And the answer is not well, but I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, and so I encourage you to do that uh, this year is in your small groups to confess your resolutions. Confession is a great Christian practice. You confess the things that you want to change or you confess things that you need to change. Um, and both require some humility and faith. 
right? And, and Christian community is great for that. One resolution you might need to make in 2024 is to join a small group, by the way. Uh, we have lots of excellent ones. You might be intimidated to come to mine because as I have indicated, it's a rough place. Uh, but there are some truly nice small group leaders out there. Uh, they're not all like me. Um, but share your resolutions with somebody. You've written them down today. Share it with somebody. Share it with somebody uh, because uh, you always change better in a group of change. You always try better in a tribe of try. You always believe better in a group of believers. Uh, if you're visiting the church uh, for the first time today, uh, lesson number one for 2024, don't be arrogant. You need people around you, right? Uh, and um, I encourage you to join Blue Water Mission as your church because then the people around you will make you look good <laughs> by comparison. So it's a great church that way. It's a great church. I'm just going to pray now to close our new New Year's resolutions meditations, and uh, I will pray that perhaps the Holy Spirit would speak creatively to you about some of the stuff that you've written down or some of the stuff that you're planning to implement in 2024 or some of the stuff that you need now to let go of in 2023. Because not everything that's old is worth preserving. Some of it is worth letting go so that you can move on unencumbered. So Holy Spirit, speak to the brothers and sisters this morning, and I pray uh, that you would speak creatively, which is to say that you would speak things that create new life in each person here. New progress. New capacities. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Thank you, Lord, uh, that you stuck with us in 2023. Uh, I'm grateful that uh, we were able to stick with you. I look forward to 2024 as a year of fruitfulness, as a year of changefulness, as a year of choicefulness, as a kingdom year. I pray uh, that we would be all that we should be, salt and light for the world, and that Blue Water Mission would be all that it needs to be, a community of life and change for those who need it. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>